Welcome to the first edition of Check It Out with EBPL Footnotes. Today, we're going to be talking about food allergies. As uh, some of you may know, according to the Asthma and Allergy Foundation of America, upwards to 32 million people are affected with food allergies. And since we have Thanksgiving and Christmas, two big food-centered holidays coming up, uh, we have Chrissy here to discuss with us uh, food allergies and different resources that the library has to help you with that. Hello. So, Carissa, tell us a little bit about yourself. My name is Carissa. I have worked in the children's department of Central Library for the last 25 years. Um, I was about 10 years ago diagnosed with an autoimmune disease and told that eating gluten-free would help with that. So I, have, I do not have celiac disease, but in order to alleviate some of the symptoms of my autoimmune disease, I eat gluten-free. So how has that affected your like holiday menu? Like what things have you had to change? Well, before the diagnosis, um, we went out to eat for Thanksgiving quite a bit because my mother doesn't like to cook. (laughs) So, yeah. So after the diagnosis, I now cook Thanksgiving and Christmas dinner every year. And, um, I've started out making by scratch because, you know, about 10 years ago, there wasn't a whole lot of really tasty stuff that was gluten-free in the stores, but anybody who is eating gluten-free now should know that there are a lot of really good things out there in the stores. They're getting better every year. Cool. So um, what are some of your favorite things to make that are gluten-free? I like to make a dressing. I cheat and buy a gluten-free box stuffing, and then... I use a broth and I put all of my, my mirepoix, the onions and carrots and celery, and I put all of my seasonings in that and I cook those down really well. And then I put them in with the stuffing and bake that for a while. So it makes a really nice moist dressing. And my parents love um, corn pudding. So that's with cornbread. Gluten-free wise, that's mainly what I cook. Um, we don't do green bean casserole anymore because it uses um, canned. That hurts my heart so much. I know, right? <laughs> the canned cream of mushroom soup and finding a tasty gluten-free cream of anything soup is difficult. And I don't feel like making that from scratch. <laughs> so, um I found a recipe for roasted green beans and mushrooms and my dad really likes that. So, and he doesn't like green things. So I find that a win. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, that's what I'll be doing next week. Nice. Was your family able to just adjust to the shift right away or did it take a few go arounds before everyone just kind of felt at peace with the new menu? It took a while. Um, especially with my dad. He's got a really bad sweet tooth and he keeps making mom buy him Oreos. So, (laughs) which he's not supposed to have anymore, but that's a whole other conversation there. There are now gluten-free Oreos. So in my book, that was a real win. Although I found that I don't like them as much anymore, even though they're gluten-free. I don't like the name brand. There's a a generic gluten-free company called Glutino and their um, chocolate sandwich cookies are better than Oreo. I think 
Yeah, you gotta go where anyways. the yeah go where the taste is. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it is what it is. It's a learning experience. You know, every year I find something new that tastes better or tastes different. But you know, cooking is a learning experience. Every year, every time you try something, something oh, yeah. will change a little bit. So, and especially with people with uh, very prominent food allergies. Um, you have to be very careful about cross-contamination, too. Very much so. Because uh, I have a friend who has celiac disease, mm-hmm. and she's just kind of been my uh, my poor entry to, like, learning the world of gluten-free mm-hmm. things. And we went to a restaurant here in town. I won't mention which one, but uh, she ordered a pizza, gluten-free. And uh, as we found out later, she they had probably used the uh, spatula that they use for the regular pieces for gluten-free. And just that small exposure was enough for her to feel it. Oh, yeah. That's a huge difference for um, people with celiacs and people that just have sensitivities. I don't get the cross-contamination effects as bad as somebody with celiacs would. I mean, a cross-contamination could possibly put somebody with celiacs in the hospital. Yeah. And it can be really bad. And, you know, me, it'll, it'll just give me an upset stomach. Yeah. Which is, you know, I'm thankful for that I don't have to deal with that. But it's also, it's really bad. I've got a friend who, she's allergic to a lot of foods, but it depends on how the food is prepared. Like she's allergic to raw carrots, but not cooked carrots. Yeah. Because the cooking process breaks down the protein that she's allergic to in the carrots. So, you know, you never know. And and my brief research uh, for this little snippet of episode, I didn't know this, but I guess eggs are like one of the top foods that people are allergic to. And uh, it gets a little weird because some people can be allergic to only the yolk, but be fine with the egg whites and vice versa. In fact, more people are allergic to egg whites than the actual yolk. Mm -hmm. But then also you can prepare the eggs a certain way. And it'll be fine. It'll change the Yeah, it'll protein. change protein. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. I didn't know that. What things do we have here at the library to kind of help people uh, with this journey if they're going to be looking, if they're going to try to be a little more mindful of the ingredients they're using and various people's sensitivity to proteins and, and their allergies as mm-hmm. well? We have a load of books. Um both physical books and ebooks within the system about all the different allergies, some that are just allergies in general. So it'll go over a little bit of everything within the recipe books. We've got a lot of books that have recipes for specific allergens or cutting out specific allergens, rather. Ebooks on the same. We've got a few magazines, although we're kind of moving away from having physical magazines. We've got the magazine subscriptions now. And I found doing a little research earlier that we have at least one database in our system, the Hobbies and Crafts Reference Center, that has some links to articles online. I searched for allergen cooking and got about 92 results. Some of those were off subject just because they had, you know, the words in them, but they weren't. Because one was like pets or something like that. It's like, well, that does me no good whatsoever. Yeah. Well, hopefully people don't get the idea you can cook your pets. Right. So. <laughs> you never know. Yeah. Um, well, we're not we're not that type of library. We're so. not that yeah. type of library. So there's a lot of information out there. Personally, Pinterest is my friend. 
I, I have many, many Pinterest boards with recipes, and I literally went through and made separate boards for each type of recipe, like sides and sandwiches. And I'm that kind of person. <laughs> <laughs> but also, I want to remind people, if you have a favorite family recipe, when it comes to gluten, some allergies, it'll be a little more difficult to change. But when it comes to gluten, there are a lot of good products out there that you can just replace your flour. Like King Arthur Flour Company makes a really nice one-to-one flour replacement that's okay. gluten-free. So um, if you've got a recipe that calls for all-purpose flour, you can just replace that with the gluten-free and it's fairly simple to do now. It used to be you had to add all kinds of extra stuff to the flour to make it work. You know, the xanthan gum and this, that, and the other. And it was just way too much work. Yeah, you were kind of turning culinary arts into, like, chemistry at that point. Exactly. Okay. So, clearly, we do have a lot of resources for anyone who's uh, having to considerably change a lot of things about the recipes. Or if you're just interested in just seeing, you know, how you can modify a lot of your recipes to be uh, a little more healthy for some people who have these food sensitivities. We will have links for everything that uh, Chris mentioned. And uh, do you have anything else you want to talk about? or Not off the top of my head. No, that doesn't mean I don't. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll come back with a footnote part two. Maybe. There you go. Yeah. So thanks very much for giving us your insights and all those wonderful uh, links and resources. You are very welcome. Thank you for having me. Right. And thanks once again, everyone. Have a happy Thanksgiving.